Welcome to My Cockpit Builder of the Month podcast interview. Each month, we bring you interviews and discussions regarding home cockpit builders. And don't forget, this would not be possible if it wasn't for all of you. That's why My Cockpit is the largest home cockpit builders community in the world. You can access us at www.mycockpit.org. In this monthly edition of My Cockpit Podcast, we bring you interviews and discussions, all relevant topics to the home cockpit builder. This month, we bring you another excellent interview conducted by Jeremy Britton. Now let's get up close to learn more about this Builder of the Month project. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Builder of the Month for April 2010. I'm very pleased to announce that this month's Builder of the Month is Steve Masters, who in the forum will be known as Steve1970. Just a brief introduction to Steve's flight simulator before we get started. Basically, Steve's sim is a cross between all sorts of light aircraft. It's the GA sim, so he can fly an open end of different uh, light aircraft. And he uses this to supplement his real-world flying. So that gives him the extra experience that he needs and some excellent experience of all different weather conditions. I will hand over to uh, Steve with his Golf Whiskey Alpha Whiskey Alpha flight simulator, which is a flight aircraft that he used to train in, and he's wanting to rebuild that in something in his own house. (laughs) So uh, without further ado, we'll hand over to Steve and commence the interview. So hello, Steve. Hi, Jeremy, and it's a a pleasure to be uh, uh, builder of the month for this month, and thank you for inviting me along for this podcast. As a, uh, a supplementary to the written interview, it's fantastic to be able to speak to you on the podcast. Uh, there's just a few other questions which uh, I'm quite intrigued to know about, and I'm sure the other people will be as well. So if I just launch straight, in, straight into it, I'm just thinking, after building a Cessna, because from the uh, written interview you told us why you've chosen the Cessna, are you embarking on a shell, and are you planning on using a real shell or are you planning on building something with wooden materials like some of the other builders builders have done uh, just by using manual labor yeah um at the moment the limitation for me is the the size of the room i think a lot of people will have the same limits i, I mean a, a, a medium-sized house so uh, I occupy the spare room which is about seven foot by eight foot so fitting a real shell in is definitely not a, it's definitely not a, a possibility for me but um, I would like to do something to reduce the room effect so I think cladding on the side with some um, some MDF and um, perhaps uh, something that runs over the top of the sim to give it uh, the feeling that you're enclosed in some way. The only problem I have with that is I run with three monitors and um, I would like eventually to move to a projection type system. So perhaps in the future when I run to projection system, then I'll start thinking about designing some kind of enclosure. That sounds interesting, actually. Do you think that a a Cessna enclosure would be more easier then than the the Boeing enclosure? Because obviously the Boeing enclosure is mainly sort of overhead panel and uh, window, so once you've got that, it's actually very little roof. Although in the Cessna, you've got quite a small, complicated curvature, haven't you, on the roof? Is that something that could make it more complicated? Yeah, definitely. Um, in, obviously, in the airliners, you've got overhead panels, um, which um, 
which mean that you've got a lot of, if you've got all that in place already, you've got a lot of the roof work done uh, in a light aircraft. Obviously, most of it overhead is just basically vinyl covering with a lot of compound angles. Um, I've seen one or two good examples on, on the website of um, where people have made enclosures for general aviation uh, uh, aircraft, and they do look good, but it is a little bit more challenging, I think you're right, than an airliner-type cockpit. That that answers then the first couple of questions that I had. The, the third question would be, um, I think many people know that you've made your own uh, GPS for the Cessna. Are you reasonably good at electronics then, and how are you managing to interface all this uh, stuff with Flight Simulator? Uh, actually, I'm, I have very little electronics knowledge, um, and I've been uh, following the, the podcast from Ian737, uh, who I think in the next podcast is due to talk about um, some um, use of PICs, which will be interesting for me. Um, but it, it is very much a case of learning by doing in terms of the electronics. What I do tend to do is, is to use um, f- uh, free software on the Internet, free PCB, uh, which allows me to lay out the circuit boards and, and, and then I get them normally manufactured in China or, uh, or locally here in the UK um, but that's basically just a planning process uh, in terms of overall electronics um, I have very little uh, experience it's just a case of learning by doing and how are you interfacing all that with Python then is there any special cards that you're using or is it just the printed circuit boards I'll just talk a little bit about about the sim I'm running on basically two computers so the main computer it's a Dell XPS 720, so it's quite a powerful computer, or at least it was uh, about two years ago. And that runs the main visuals of Flight Simulator. Um, in addition to that, I have a secondary PC which runs Project Magenta uh, gauges. So those are displayed on a, on, a, on a fourth screen, if you like, which is built into the main instrument panel. Um, the whole uh, interfacing runs through uh, two systems. First of all, I'm using open cockpits uh, cards and uh, display cards, which uh, give me the seven-segment displays, uh, the LEDs. Uh, on the, for instance, I have uh, a com box uh, for com two and nav two, uh, which is the uh, KX165A from Bendix King, and that runs partially through the open cockpits for the display. And for the uh, button presses, I'm using Leo Bogner's BU0836X card which is interfaced then to the FSX PC just by a normal USB connection and is seen in fact as a joystick and then you use key mapping to to do that. Um, For the LED enunciators, I'm using SIOC um, which interfaces through the open cockpits card Uh, and that's a bit of a challenge because that involves something fairly new for me that was programming... um, on a level which I've never done before, and I've, I've had a lot of help with that from, from the forum, from, from people on the forum, uh, from Nico's website, Nico Carl's website, and indeed from Nico himself, who is an extremely helpful guy. Uh, he, I sent my whole coding to him, and he had a look through it, um, told me where I was going wrong, and, and then I've just basically made the adjustments, um, but it is a constant learning curve with um, with the various interfacing methods. So, yeah, in short, I'm using the uh, open cockpits cards and the uh, Leo Bodner card, the BU0836X. Well, I think I, I would agree with you there because I think I'm hoping to use the uh, the Leo Bodner card, and I think I, 
I think I'll have to congratulate you on remembering all those numbers. <laughs> the B-U-O-A. <laughs> I had to write that one down, yeah, but it is a very good card, and I think it's a really good value for money. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, is there, from, from that knowledge, then, do you think there's any tips and tricks that you've learned from the build that you can pass on any of uh, the other Cessna builders, or light aircraft builders, even? Yeah, sure. Um, I think, for me, the, the most important thing is to design and plan your project in advance. Um, there's no point in, in going ahead and, and firing it off in a tangent and building something which, first of all, FSX doesn't simulate. Um, at the end of the day, we have a list of, of offsets uh, through FSUIPC, and if those uh, offsets aren't available, then you obviously can't control FSX or FS9, whatever, or, or, or X-Plane, whatever sim you're choosing. So first of all, plan things ahead um, and make it flyable while you're doing, doing these um, upgrades or, or as you build your cockpit. There's no point in having a cockpit which takes you 12 months to build and, and you haven't been on flight simulator for the last 12 months. So I've always tried to make it so that I can fly whilst I'm building. Another, another thing is, is perhaps don't have everything. You don't have to make everything yourself. Um, for instance, there's a lot of people that make uh, printed circuit boards themselves. Uh, a lot of people, I think, are afraid of using the um, free PCB, for instance, or, or PCB cart. The, these services are there. They're, they're not too expensive, uh, and they're there to use. And, and I've had great success with that, rather than um, messing around doing my own printed circuit boards, which I have tried before, but I found them a little bit hit and miss. And if there's one thing I have learned is that the connections are, are very important, um, even even to things like your, your your open cockpits board. You should have good quality connectors on there. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit more about that uh, free PCB? I think that's something that's quite new to some people. Yeah, free free PCB is um, is really easy to use. As the name would suggest, it's free. Um, you can download it if you Google free PCB. You can download it from the internet, and I would say within two or three hours of using that program, you you can produce a, a circuit board, um, you know, with a with a bunch of switches on, um, LEDs, uh, push buttons. I mean, that's the limit to to my experience with it, really. But uh, all the piece, all the printed circuit boards I've made uh, have been using free PCB, and then you just um, you export the Gerber files, which are the files that the, um, the the circuit board manufacturers will use to make your board. Now, typically, a board of, of around about I don't know 50 millimeters by 150 millimeters uh, would typically cost in the region of around about uh, 50 or 60 euros. Uh, that's with tooling and with shipping normally. Quite interesting. So, yeah, running on from those tips and tricks, then. How much is there left to do on your flight simulator? Uh, is there a stage at which you'd like to class it as being complete, or is, are you one of those people that builds and uh, it's it's never quite complete? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it's a good question, actually. I'm probably not alone in the fact that you start building something and you enjoy it. It becomes a hobby in itself. Uh, initially, it was just I wanted to eliminate the use of the mouse and keyboard, and uh, and practice flying um, real world flying in 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 a in a simulator environment, but it's actually you know it's, it's a bit like a bug, and you get uh, you get involved in it um, to the point where I think you never finish this. It'll always be an ongoing project. Um, I've got basically four more uh, boxes to design: an ADF, 
uh, a DME, uh, a transponder, and an autopilot panel. Um, I'm hoping to get those done by sort of summer or, or early autumn. Um, and then the sort of avionics side of things will be complete. And then I suppose it's a case of moving on to improving visuals, perhaps looking at an enclosure and whatever in the future. I think uh, in, in terms of, of, of upgrades, I'd like to look at perhaps something like a G1000 simulator. And I'd also like to make my own yoke in the future. At the moment, I'm running with a SciTech yoke, which is a little bit lightweight and plasticky. Um, but I'm going to search and trawl around eBay and try and find a, uh, an old yoke off some kind of Piper or Cessna and, um, and then engineer something around that. So I, I think mm. it is constantly work in progress. As you mentioned scenery, that, that leads me on to something. Because the Cessna is a, a reasonably low-flying aircraft and it flies slower than some of the airliners, Obviously, scenery is going to be something that's more important. Is there a scenery? What sort of scenery packages do you use? I use the Generation X from uh, VFR Generation X scenery from Horizon. I think it's called. And they, I basically do most of my flying in the UK. I'm a member of um, the Kicks VFR Club, which is um, probably the largest VFR club in the world. I'm not sure if that's true, but certainly a very large membership. And we fly mainly in the UK. And um, what this software allows me to do, or this scenery allows me to do, is to fly visually um, with reference to ground features. And at around about two to 3,000 feet and uh, 110 knots, something in that sort of uh, area, you, you can really get a good view of what's down below you. You can, you can navigate to lakes and motorways um, and, and ground features very easily. And that's obviously an important thing when you're VFR flying. And, and one thing I would say is if you are uh, an airline um, sim pilot, and I was for many years flying PMDG and uh, the Wilco um, Pilot in Command products and uh, Level D, um, nothing, I have nothing against them. In fact, I love them to bits. But um, the VFR is for me a little bit more challenging because you have to know where you are exactly you know, at any given moment um, without necessarily uh, flying with an FMC and it's also far more hands on flying as well which is partly the reason for going towards FSX which um, definitely um, simulates the, uh, the handling of the aircraft a lot better than FS9 ever did and um, the default uh, Cessna in Flight Simulator. What what, what flights are you using, by the way, Steve? Is it FS9 or are you you're on FSX, aren't you? FSX, yeah. <clears throat> right. Are you just using the default Cessna uh, aircraft, or have you got a, an add-on for that? Uh, well, Jeremy, what I tend to do is, um, if I'm when I'm testing the uh, simulator, I always test it using the um, the basic uh, Cessna 172 from Microsoft, and that's because generally we know how that that behaves um, and hopefully it would work with all the offsets from FSUIPC um, but the the flight dynamics of that aircraft are particularly brilliant um, I tend to favour the Serenado or Carinado aircraft um, which are far more realistic in terms of their uh, flying characteristics and uh, at the moment I'm flying a Cherokee uh, from, from Serenado another good uh, manufacturer is Real Air and they have an excellent um, couple of aircraft which really do allow you to side-slip the aircraft and, and give you a really good feel and handling feel of the aircraft is very good. Um, but yeah, for testing, I tend to use the Cessna 172. I think the 
a lot of the basis of the handling of a flight sim is due to the limitations of the controls that you'd have in the cockpit. So whether what type of controls you've got and uh, how it's manufactured and what materials are you building with and what how are you are you building most of the flight sim or are you you were more aimed towards buying the part? With, with a GA, uh, uh, a German aviation aircraft, it's difficult to get the parts. Actually, um, I've noticed if you if you if you look on the internet that uh, most of the airliners have packages available. There's a lot of good companies producing panels, um, but for general aviation, there's very little out there at the moment. Um, so I've tended to make most of it myself. The the car, what I wanted was um, because I'm fairly limited on space was a freestanding simulator. So the the carcass of the main instrument panel is made from um, one inch thick uh, MDF, and that was CNC C, uh, CNC machined from uh, DXF files, which are, are sketched out on on uh, AutoCAD. Even to the point where I was able to put tenons in there and uh, interconnect that to make a secure freestanding. Um, box if you like on the front of that is then uh, screwed the main instrument panel itself which is in my case a, a steel panel uh, steel being 1.5 millimeters thick and that was laser cut from again uh, CAD files and that was then powder coated and uh, fi- fixed to the front of the, the MDF so you can't actually see any MDF in fact uh, when I look at it it's just you, you just see the, the steel steel painted panel but what that means is inside of the, uh, or behind the main instrument panel inside, I've got all the electronics there sitting in a fairly clean, dust-free environment. You, you actually touched on um, one of the points that I wanted to ask you about, which was the sourcing of parts. Um, I know for some of the, the larger airlines that seem more common, people seem to just be able to pick pick parts from anywhere. However, the, the, the general aviation market, there seems to be less parts. Is that definitely something that's uh, a problem amongst your group? Yeah, I think it is. Um, I think, like you say, the availability of airliner parts is fairly widespread, but uh, in, the, in the general aviation side of things, you can't just go out and buy um, you know, generic bits. There are companies out there that do it. I think sim kits do some really great stuff, but um, you know, looking at what I've built here, something comparable from sim kits would cost me, you know, well into the thousands of euros, certainly a lot more than I've spent on, on this so far. Um, so, yeah, it is a problem, but having said that, to overcome the problem, you, you have to design your own things and, and source companies uh, that can make uh, panels or, uh, or or beg, borrow and steal, really. Um, there's a good company actually called Schaefer RG, which is a German company, and they um, have uh, have this software you can download, and you basically have a CAD package built into the software where you lay out your panels, and you can have them engraved and everything. And those are those then are CNC machined out and sent to you in the post about a week later. And those are fairly reasonable, about 30 or 40 euros for a decent sized panel, about 100 millimeters by 150 millimeters. Um, so I tend to use Schaefer quite a lot. Um, to build my panels. Right. How's that spelt, uh, Steve? Um, I think it's S C H A E F E R hyphen A G. Right. Okay. If you search that. If you search that in Google, you'll find them. Just you mentioning as well uh, that you've gone into the Cessna 
flight sim. Do you think the uh, the general aviation flight sim narrowed you down to the Cessna? Because obviously that's the most well-known aircraft. Did Was there anything that discouraged you from building something like the Piper or uh, some of the other light aircraft? Well, um, in actual fact, the the simulator I've got um, or that I've built is not really based on a Cessna in its true sense because I'm limited with... Um, uh, I run the Project Magenta gauges, which are basically Cessna gauges, um, but I actually fly real-world Piper. So I, what, I've, what I've built is something that allows me to fly more or less any add-on aircraft. Um, if you tweak the the aircraft config file, for instance, you can you can make sure then that the uh, aircraft is equipped with the same avionics that's built into the main instrument panel. You're Basically, right. yeah. uh, fly anything I want. And then uh, I think one interesting question to finish off with is what do you, what's the opinions been of your family and friends when you've told them that you've embarked on uh, such a, an interesting hobby? <laughs> well, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, certainly the, my family supports me in it. And um, being a real-world pilot, obviously that's it's my main interest is, is general aviation. That's my number one hobby. Um, so I suppose it's just a natural progression. I think... Um, my wife is concerned about the amount of money I'm spending and also, you know, the amount of time that it takes because it is a time-consuming um, But it's, 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 it's also addictive and you, you get to a level where you think, oh, I can do this and get to the next level and, uh, and it's exciting in that respect. Um, yeah, so friends and family have embraced it really and um, everybody loves to have come around and have a go on it. What, what, what's your next uh, thing to embark on with the flight sim? probably finish off those four um, avionics panels that I need to get done and after that perhaps looking at a, a yoke, a home, homemade yoke and who knows maybe even a G1000 simulator uh, I'm also building a, 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 another Garsim unit a, Gar, a GNS530 unit for a friend of mine in Prague um, and I'll probably have a few more to sell because I've, obviously I have to buy two or three printed circuit boards at once sometimes and um, I'll probably help people with with that if they want. Right. Well, that that was uh, that was very good. Is there anything that you'd like to add, Steve? Just uh, I'd just like to say thank you to to my cockpit because obviously without uh, websites like uh, mycockpit.org, then it makes things like this very difficult. It's uh, it's an area where we can all go and pull resources and um, share experience and learn from each other. Which is uh, which is a good thing. It can only be a good thing, can't it? Really. And um, I think without you know the huge resource that's available there, I would have had a lot of difficulty doing this project. Oh, well, I'm I'm sure the award has surely motivated you to uh, to carry on with the build, and uh, I'm sure we'll all look forward to your progress within the forums. Well, that that was excellent, Steve. Listen, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time to speak to us, and uh, I'm sure that was uh, very well appreciated by some of the other light aircraft builders. That just leaves me to say, then, uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening, and I hope to catch you next month with the next builder of the month. Thank you very much, everybody. That concludes this month's interview with the Builder of the Month, conducted by Jeremy Britton. Next month, we'll bring you another exciting interview with one of my cockpit's favorite and talented cockpit builders. Thanks to all of you, my cockpit is the largest home cockpit builders community in the world. You can access us at www.mycockpit.org. Visit mycockpit.org to access valuable information regarding cockpit building, 
Each month, there are new articles, interviews with fellow builders. Visit our forum and participate in lively how-to topics. It doesn't matter whether you have a single panel or a full-scale cockpit. You'll benefit from much information by participating at My Cockpit.